Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Tiffany, over in Rome, Katie in Seattle. And I wanted to talk about, let's see, I'm going to try to figure out how to introduce this in the most direct way possible. You know how when you go on a vacation, let's say, or this could even even happen in your own city, and you have a really wonderful experience at a place. Let's, for hypothetical sake, say it's a restaurant, okay? And you go to this restaurant, you have the most beautiful night out with your friends, and forever on from thereafter, that restaurant kind of represents the really fun time that you had with your friends that night. You might go to that restaurant a hundred more times and somewhere underlying it all is that warm feeling of like that one great night that you had there. In fact, that might be why you go there time and time again or why you might think this is a restaurant I really love. And it could be like they have great food and great atmosphere, but it's more than that. Like it's a, a place that means more than that. And so... When someone's coming to town to visit or you're just in casual conversation with someone and they ask for a place that you really love, a restaurant recommendation, and you think, oh, they've got to go to this place that I love. And you just talk it up. And we do that. We talk it up. Oh, my gosh, they have the best this and that and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then the person goes there and they're, I mean, you probably never hear a review of how those people think about it, but it's very possible that they go there and they just are like, yeah, it was okay. (laughs) You know, it was a decent place. I don't know if I'm going to put it on my top 10 list, but it was a decent place because I mean, and that's the interesting thing. I started thinking about this when you and I were putting together our insider tips book for our Rome Uh, Rome trip excursion. We wanted to give the guests that came on the Rome trip a little booklet that helps them be able to find their way around the city and find like great places to go in the city without us necessarily needing to be there. And so we put together like all of our favorite restaurant recommendations and favorite gelato places, favorite coffee shops. And I mean, for us, all of those places are like, this is solid. If they go there, Mm. this is a solid choice. (laughs) But then, I don't know, I somehow was thinking, like, I guess it was because I walked through a piazza and I walked past a place that another friend has talked to me a lot about. It's just a little outdoor cafe. And and one time, him and his family had the most wonderful time at that cafe. And so he's always like, yeah, you got to go sit in that cafe. I have never gone and sat in that cafe. I've used their bathroom and I have, like, ordered a beer to go from them. What cafe out of curiosity now? I don't, I don't know what it's called, but it's the one that's right across from um, Santa Maria and Trastevere, directly okay. across. Okay. Well, yeah, that place has, I don't know if it still does, but it, it used to have like these little mini sofas, little wicker sofas, like you could sit and just sort of relax. And when the sun shines, I think it's the after, I think it's the afternoon sun. You know, if it's like a cool day, like a cool early winter day and the sun is shining on you, but it's like clear and beautiful, 
I can see how that would be a magical place to sit. I mean, I've sat there before and had coffee with people. And I mean, yeah, I, I, I like it. I totally get that. And it's not that I'm opposed to going there. In fact, I'm sure I will one day go there. But we did not put that on our list of places to go. But yeah. it, but all that is to say is like, I know that I might have my own great experience there, perhaps. But I've heard mm -hmm. the story of how much fun him and his family had there on multiple <laughs> occasions. And I'm like, it's you love that place because you guys had such a wonderful time. You were making mm -hmm. each other laugh. You had had a wonderful day. It is a beautiful setting, but it's not the service at the cafe that makes it like so great. It was great because you guys had a great time. And that's mm -hmm. what I wondered when... I don't know. I just started thinking about that. Like, can you ever really know when you recommend a place that like, this is the place that people should go because your favorite places are tinted with oftentimes beautiful moments. I think if it's a restaurant, I think most people can st take a step back and be like, okay, the food, let's talk about food. Like, was the food exceptional? Yes. Or was it, is it some other reason that I love this place? And it might be the ambience and there's nothing wrong with loving a restaurant for the ambience. But when I recommend a restaurant to people, like 90% of that recommendation is the food, I feel. And whenever I have people asking me for recommendations, I always say, like, do you, what's more important to you, the food or the ambience? And, you know, most people always say food, maybe like one night, something like really amazing, like with a view of the Coliseum or some such. Mm -hmm. um, but I have a couple of places like that particularly this place that now I refuse to go back to because I've eaten badly there like so many times. <laughs> but it's this little restaurant on this tiny little back street kind of behind Piazza Navona in one of those little like narrow streets. And it's this Tuscan restaurant and it's got two levels and it's all wood inside. It's super cozy. And the upper level which has got like, you know, the, the mansard ceilings and like the wooden beams and like little cozy corners. Claudio and I went there like on a double date years and years ago, probably before we were married. And for some reason that pay place is just stuck in my mind. It like has like cozy in like flashing lights, like cozy, <laughs> cozy. Like this is the definition of cozy. And I love cozy places. Like to me, coziness is a close second after food. Oh, I and, agree. Um, I love cozy. And places. so I'm always like, let's go to Old Bear. That's the name of the restaurant. Let's go to Old Bear. Let's go to, and we can never find it because when it's closed, like the the, the door has no <laughs> sign on it. So I, I'm often like, oh, I guess that restaurant is, is gone now. And every so often we go there, the food is never really very good. Mm -hmm. And it's never as cozy as I remember it being that night. Yeah. Um, and we went there for Valentine's Day one day, one year. And I was just like, this is okay. It's really not what I remember. Isn't that funny? I mean, I think I, I, I agree with you that I can solidly stand behind the places that are in the book. Some of which I don't have like any real fuzzy, wonderful memories at. It's just the food. <laughs> it's so good. Um, but I just... I, I don't know. I just wanted to think about like objectively. That's such a great example because when you were talking, I was thinking when I was in high school with our friend, mutual friend, Suzanne, we went to this one park and came up with a one of those funny, dumb rituals that only teens can really enjoy where in the middle of the park were four trees and in the middle of those trees was a plaque 
that na- named I don't know what they were being honored for maybe they were veterans I have no maybe they were just architects of the park I have no idea like why there was a plaque naming four men the men's names were Victor 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 and Oscar and being <laughs> teenagers it was a very funny thing and we made lots of jokes about Victor 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 and Oscar we named the four trees Victor 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 and Oscar I believe um, the plaque did say, lest we forget, we started referring to it as the lest we forget park. And then it became a ritual for us to go to the lest we forget park and lay amongst Victor, Victor, Victor and Oscar laughing and joking around whenever we were in the area. And so I feel very warmly about that park. I might even recommend to somebody to go to that park. But objectively speaking, that park is sitting in a city block, surrounded by the mall, traffic, <laughs> strip stores, you know, probably like a sports authority or something like that. It's not <laughs> surrounded by anything lovely. Like, there's nothing to recommend this park beyond, like, that we had such a wonderful time there. Now, it is a park. It's lovely. If you're in mall hell and you happen to be shopping over there, I might be like, yeah, walk across the street to the park because it's so much more relaxing than being in the mall during the holidays. But is it objectively something where someone would walk over there and be like, wow, this... (laughs) (laughs) Katie was right. I am so glad I didn't miss this park. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that a lot of places are like that. I'm just thinking over like traveling as well, like other sites that I've been to that I fell in love with that maybe, yeah, maybe it was who I was with. More than I I think about the town of Erice, which I still think Erice is a beautiful place. It's um, it's in Sicily. It's this tiny town in Sicily, and it's kind of uh, on the top of a hill. You can see the sea from up there, even though it's not on the sea. But you're so high up, and I just remember the only time I've ever been there was with a guy that I was dating before I met Claudio, and I was just I don't know I was crazy about this guy at the time. It was such a you know romantic adventure. We thought it was going to take like 20 minutes to get up there from wherever we were, Palermo or whatever it was, because you know you look at the road and you know you look at the distance as a crow flies and it okay we'll get there really quick. The street it's like winding. You're going around and around and around and around. And I just remember laughing. We had a rented a convertible. I mean it was kind of one of those moments you know that you have every so often in your life. And even when you're living it, you're like, this is a memorable moment. Yes. I'm going to remember this. I'm going to look back at this. And we stopped on like the hillside. It took pictures of me with my scarf blowing in the wind and the sea behind me. And then we get up to this little town and it was like, there's nothing to do. There's nothing to see. It's just quaint little streets and like a couple of restaurants. It's really not such a big deal, especially because it was very cold when we were there. But I think about that place and I and I mention it. And whenever people are going to Sicily, I'm like, you've got to go to Erice. It's, it's magical. <laughs> it's this magical place. And I'm like, hmm, now that you're saying this, I'm like, is it really that magical? <laughs> or was I just having a magical moment? Now, all these people show up there and they're like, huh, I wonder what Tiffany did here. <laughs> that was so great. <laughs> I mean, it's very quaint. It's got little, you know, stone, winding stone streets and little tiny churches. But, you know, it's 
So do like there's a hundred towns. There's a hundred yeah. towns like that in Italy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, not so unusual. If that if that was in the United States, then yeah, you should go check it out. But uh, yeah. <laughs> but in Italy, it's like, oh, well, you know, more stone streets, more stone homes. That's funny. I I feel the same way about this bar that's in Vietnam. And at least it has some historical significance to it. Like it's called the the Saigon Saigon Bar, or at least it was. And it's it used to be one of the highest points in Ho Chi Minh City, in Saigon, during the Vietnam War. And it was where a lot of the foreign correspondents would hang out because you could see, kind of keep an eye on what was happening over the river, you know, because you're at a high point, but it was also a bar so that you could relax. Well, now it's built into a hotel that is giant. Like, so the hotel leaves the deck of the Saigon Saigon bar so that you can still like walk out and sort of see the view that the foreign correspondents would have seen. But now there's like stories and stories of hotel up behind it. So it's no longer the highest point. It's no longer even the highest point in that building anymore. It's mm. just the, where the historic bar was. And uh, it is nothing to write home about. I mean, if you can picture like any hotel bar, most hotel bars are kind of like, I mean, it, it you know, it's, it's okay. It has like entertainment, it's got chairs, it's got nice people. But I have so many great memories in the Saigon Saigon bar because I loved its historical significance at the time. And I also, you know, ended up really loving the staff. I went there with my dad a bunch of times. We loved watching the performers who performed there. It used to be one of the first views I would seek out every time I went to Vietnam. And I went to Vietnam like seven or eight times in a concentrated period of time. So as soon as I got to Saigon, I'd be like, I gotta go to the Saigon Saigon bar and go look at that view. So I would definitely tell you if you were going to, in fact, I will tell you, if you're going to Vietnam <laughs> and you're in the South and you're in Ho Chi Minh City, you need to seek out the Saigon Saigon Bar. Now, when you get there, are you going to be impressed? Probably mm. not. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I mean, I think what is is somewhat special, and I think if you gave me a recommendation and you said, Katie, this is the bar I always go to whenever I'm in Vietnam. I would find it somewhat special to set foot in the place that you always go, you know? Mm -hmm. So there is something special about the person telling you to go there that makes you feel like you're an insider and this is where my friend was. She used to always come here. She loves this view. Uh, so there is that. But, but objectively, would you think like, wow, I really get why Katie comes here over mm -hmm. and over and over again? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you think it matters if you're on vacation or not, or not to like how much you have a strong opinion about where to send people? Do you think you have stronger opinions like in your own city or do you think you have stronger opinions of like the great place you went? Um, yeah, maybe, maybe more foreign places. I'm not sure. Um, you know, if it's in your own town, you're likely to have been there on multiple occasions which might dilute the magic of one particular time you went there, like Old Bear. Like if I'd been to that Old Bear in a different town and had an you know, co extremely cozy and romantic meal there, and just that one time, I might, you know, I would remember it differently than I remember it now, because now I remember like the meh meals that I had there. 
more recently. So probably, yeah, probably the ones that you go to on vacation stick out more. And also in those towns, you know fewer places. So you have fewer places to recommend. Mm -hmm. That's true. And Old Bear did not make the cut to our book. So oh, yeah. Well, I wasn't even... There will be nobody yeah, following <laughs> your trail to Old Bear. No, look, it's not a bad restaurant. It's just, I think that, I think I've been... The last two times I went, I think I got the same thing. And the second time, Claudia's like, this is what you got last time. And you were disappointed last time. <laughs> and I was like, you are right. How did I not remember that? What it's something I... that's... Sound it like sounds so good on the menu, but it isn't <laughs> what it is anymore. Some kind of like Tuscan dumpling in a soup that like just sounds so warm and cozy, and it just was like kind of bland as all Tuscan food is. Sorry, not sorry. I'm not. I'm not a huge Tuscan food person. It <laughs> does sound good prefer. though. I have to say, it's, it sounds it's, good. It's, it's not. <laughs> I'll try to remember that if I end, ever end up in the old bear. I I, uh, I know I've told you before about Nirha, which is in southern Spain, and I will you stand. Have, I yes. will stand I by think the we did fact. An episode on it. We did, did we an episode on, on the it. whole I, thing? I oh. mean, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't just on that. But I just I remember that being a big part of it. Yeah, Nirha, the balcony of Europe, as they call it. But yeah, it, I mean, I think. Every time I hear of someone going to southern Spain and they didn't put Nirha on the list, I'm always like, oh my gosh, you can't miss. And and I actually think that's a solid recommendation. Like, I do think that Nirha is objectively beautiful and has enough variation. Like, you can sit on a beach, but you can also, like, go deep in a cave. Like, it does have interesting features to it. Uh, but, you know, I've told you before, I love it because of their manger scene or their their visit from the three kings going so horribly mm. wrong. And I've told you that story. Surely you remember that story, right? I can't remember that oh, story. This was the best part about it. And I'll make it brief because I'm sure I've said this was like one of the funniest things I've ever witnessed in my life. Imagine the biggest festival in a small piazza that you can imagine every single person in town is there now it's not a huge town but it's big enough that it is packed kids dressed up everyone's having a wonderful time tons of laughter there's a manger scene set up right in front of the church that is the kind of the herald of the square like the square is built facing this church there's a manger scene set up there there's a live joseph and mary and um I don't think the baby is alive. I think the baby was a doll. But, you know, there, there's a live Joseph and Mary there. And our hotel just happens to look out onto this square. And so we had this beautiful bird's eye view of everything that's happening. And tonight is the night that the three kings are going to arrive. And they're coming through town in a massive parade. And this courtyard and this manger scene as the terminus. Like, this is going to be the final hurrah. And you, they've been setting it up for it all day. And the costumes are incredible. Anyway, and the thing that is the funniest thing in the world, Tiffany, is that they put up a barrier. Imagine like a whole, I don't know, some sort of barrier for people to stand behind so that the three kings can parade on their floats, by the way. They're not on their feet. They, the I thought they would be on camels. No, they're, they're on massive decorated floats coming through town. And they've put this barrier up so that the three kings can pass through the crowd up to where Mary and Joseph are, except they've forgotten the second barrier. So there's just one barrier. So the crowd is shoved up all the way up to the barrier on both sides. There is no passageway. 
And so the king's round the corner. (laughs) And the mess that is them trying to make it through a crowd, which, by the way, is unwilling to give way. (laughs) They are like, no way. I'm right on the barrier. I have the best of you. The mess that is these kings trying to make it, like swimming their way through the crowd, trying to make it up to where Mary and Joseph are, is so funny. The first one alone would have been funny enough. But the first one finally like tears his way through this crowd, this (laughs) jostling crowd that will not let him through. And then the second float comes into the courtyard, practically banging up against the first because the float has not made its way through the crowd. He's just abandoned it. And it's just like this ongoing pile of Christmas chaos. I don't think you ever told me this story. Oh, I was like in the window laughing so hard that I was crying. I, I have never, I, and what, even as I describe it, I, can't, I know I can't get it to you in your head as funny as it actually was. I mean, if, if people could have. Just proves the veracity of this whole episode really i guess i mean point. yeah i'm like you have to see this <laughs> you know they were tearing the king's like crowns off practically as these poor men try to fight their way to the stage meanwhile mary and joseph are so bored because what should have now taken a few minutes they are waiting for 20 minutes for the kings to even be able to get to them it was uh it was so funny and uh, and I, but I, and I have to think that that is part of one of the reasons why I love Nirha so much because <laughs> any place I don't, I'm not a a person who gets. I don't think any of us get to laugh that hard for such a sustained period of time very often in our lives. And I, when I think of Nirha, I think of that feeling of laughing until you're crying because it's all so ridiculous. <laughs> Anyway, so go to ah, Nirha. I love those memories. <laughs> Everyone, try to be there when the three kings arrive. <laughs> <laughs> Which is when, Tiffany? January 6th. I know, because it's an actual holiday. Is it an actual holiday, or is it just when kids get extra presents in Italy? No, it's a holiday. You it's have the day holiday. off. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. lucky you. January 6th. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we shall leave it there. Uh, next week on the show, we are going to be presenting a very special audio drama which is brand new this year it's never been heard on this show by this audience before i'm very excited to share it with you and it's um a good kind of entertaining it doesn't have anything to do with christmas when it's going to be coming out it's not a christmas play and if anything it would make more sense to air it around halloween however it is a a wildly entertaining production and I thought it would be a fun thing to listen to perhaps like while you're preparing a Christmas meal or or taking a wrapping long presents? walk after it's all over. So Wrapping presents? Wrapping presents, whatever it is, taking whatever the case may be. Taking the decorations down perhaps. That's right. Um, so an entertainment there. So I do want to remind you, however, before we go that we are going to Rome in October of 2024 which seems like a long way away right now, but it will be upon us. And I don't know about you, Tiffany, but I love having something to look forward to on the calendar. Just sort of sitting out there. Just the other day, somebody asked me if I had any trips coming up and I was like, no, I don't. And then I was like, actually, I do. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely know that at least one thing I know is that I will be going to Rome in October of 2024. So at the very least, 
<laughs> that is on my calendar. And we are and so far, at least a few of our listeners we know are coming with us. That's right. Yes, we have people who also have it on their calendar. And we do have places available for you if you want to come to Rome. This could be your Christmas gift to yourself. This could be your Christmas gift to your best friend, to your spouse, to your partner, whatever the case may be. We are going to Rome in October. We're going October 6th to the 12th. Six nights, five days of in-depth exploratory walking tours with Tiffany and with me. And let me tell you, if you don't haven't seen it with your own ears by listening to tours on this show, Tiffany is an amazing tour guide. You will understand oh, Rome, the city and the stories and the people who were there like you never have ever before. And uh, if you're interested in more information or you want to sign up, we are offering $500 off if you book before the end of 2023. That's right. So uh, don't wait too long. <laughs> don't wait too long. Uh, just send us an email, bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com. Bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know you're interested and uh, we'll send you all the details. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Yes. Merry Christmas to you, yes. Tiffany. Have a great one. You too. Hope you all have good food, good company, good presents. Now, this episode's coming out before Christmas, but I don't think Aurelio regularly listens. Is there anything that you already know that you're particularly excited to give him this year? I'm really disappointed because <laughs> my husband decided to get him something that I really didn't want to give him. Oh. But it's something that he really, really wants. Do you want to tell us what it is? <sighs> It's a Nintendo Switch. I don't know what that means. I don't know what a Nintendo Switch is, <laughs> what it looks like. Claudia says it's a handheld device, like a Game Boy. I kind of wanted to be a video game free home. Uh -huh. um, my sister-in-law <laughs> ruined that by giving him her old Nintendo DS, which I didn't know what that was until the <laughs> summer when she gave it to him. And uh, and so, you know, he's been playing with Super Mario and I've therefore been playing Super Mario. Those video games are addictive, Katie. So uh, much so. Very much so. <laughs> and so, but like, that's why. It's not that I hate video games. It's that I know how addictive they are. And I don't want to create an addiction in my child. Um, so Claudio got this thing without telling me. And I'm... <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing I can do. It's too late. It's too late. I tried to say no. I put my foot down. I did say no before he actually got it. So I'm really frustrated with him. He keeps telling me, come on, you had a Game Boy when you were a kid. It's normal. It's, you know, it's a rite of passage. And I'm trying to take it that way and put some boundaries up. You know, there will be times and places that it's allowed and not allowed. So I'm going to try to go with the flow and not be one of those annoying moms. <laughs> but yeah, it's very expensive, apparently. So that's his main gift. That's from Santa. And so we just got him some Harry Potter Lego stuff from us, which actually I'm way more excited to play with that. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll be putting together the Harry Potter train, train, I guess, the Hogwarts Express while they're playing Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you have one week to turn it around before the actual uh, Christmas holiday <laughs> arrives. <so. laughs> it's too late. The die has been cast. All right. Well, well, happy holidays <laughs> anyway. And feel free to uh, post a picture of that train. I'd love to see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's way better. <laughs> I would agree. 
All right. Well, we'll leave it there. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. Bye. Katie here. Tis the season of giving. And as you think about what gifts you want to give at the end of the year, we hope that you will consider a gift to The Bittersweet Life. But maybe when you look at your pocketbook, money's running short. Well, you can give us the gift of spreading the word about the show. Make a social media post about us. Write a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Include a mention of the show in your annual holiday card. We appreciate your creativity. And we love when you don't keep the show a secret. We make this show for people to enjoy it. So spread the word as a way of giving back. Should you also want to make a financial donation, there are links to donate in the show notes. Happy holidays, and thank you so much.